Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know how many of y'all use one of the streaming music services that at the end of the v- at the end of the year tells you what the past year's music selections were like. Sometimes I look at mine and I sit there and go, I do not like Taylor Swift that much. I just drive children to school almost every morning. One man contacted Pandora with a complaint that his custom station had too much Celine Dion. He says there must be some mistake, he insisted. The official responded by asking if the music was was just wrong, possibly a data error. The subscriber said, well, no, it's it's the right sort of thing, but it's it's Celine Dion. I said, well, well, was it the set? And did did it not flow from the set? And the man said, no, it it worked, but it's, it's Celine Dion. The customer service rep and the man who was complaining that Celine Dion was showing up too much had a couple of more back and forths, and finally the final email said, oh my God, I like Celine Dion. (laughs) I think there's always this gap between who we think we are and who we really are. I think there's this gap between who we want to be and where we are in our present state of life. I think this is one of the reasons why we kind of like New Year's Eve is that we can build this notion that somehow in the coming year, I'm going to close those gaps. But if we're honest with one another, and the studies show that rarely does that gap ever actually close. And I think part of it is, is that um, we get in this reading that Boone read a few moments ago um, about the exchange between the serpent and Adam and Eve, is that some, for some reason after the fall, human beings at times can be self-absorbed. It doesn't mean that human beings are inherently bad or evil, it's just that sometimes and this is one of those great scriptures that we should always carry with us, is that we sometimes do the thing we don't want to do and we don't do the thing that we want to do. And this is why things like our curated music lists may tell us more about ourselves than we really know about ourselves. There was a story about a man who came into Target and he was livid livid. Target had mailed his daughter um, coupons for diapers. And he was angry at them. How could you sit there and send this stuff to my teenage daughter? This is so disrespectful. This is inappropriate. And he was angry. He yelled at the general manager. And a couple weeks later, he came back and he said, apparently, There were some things going on in my house that I did not know, and I owe you an apology. Target AI 
knew more about the daughter than the father did. So who are we? Right? This is one of those questions that we constantly ask as a people. Who are we? Colson Whitehead phrases this question in this way. In a world where the selfie has become our dominant art form, um, phrases like, you do you, and it's try provide a philosophical scaffolding for our ever-evolving, ever-more complicated narcissism. In other words, we are now surrounded and live within this culture in which us showing our best self, our unique self, our you-do-you self, has become the highest art form, brings into an ever, a problem of what happens when the person in question is not just an ordinary plotter, a high school age Todd or Alyssa preening in the mall's food court, but a villain. What if you is not always so good, he asks. There's been so much blood lately, should I cut back maybe on the pillaging today? The lieutenant gestures with his longbow. You do you, Genghis. Right, I think it's one of those hard questions in our society, in our culture in which we live, in which um, our, our, our uniqueness is so elevated that at times it doesn't provide us the space to ask, is that really who we are meant to be? I oftentimes reply, well, as an Enneagram 6, some reason why I don't enjoy people saying nice things about me or putting me on social media. Our Enneagrams, our typologies, our, our instincts can oftentimes become a self-justification rather than opportunity for growth and maturity. And so as we come to our New Year's resolutions, which I'm sure many of you have already begun contemplating what it is that you are going to do in the new year, I worry, the worry that Nadia Boltz-Weber shares, that what happens is, is our resolutions come from the choir of voices that telling me I am not enough. That my New Year's resolutions are a way of making myself appear acceptable in a world in which I question whether I am. Our resolutions sometimes are centered on our concerns about whether we are successful enough, whether our children are successful enough. Do, am I attractive enough? Have I aged in the right way? Do I meditate? Do I eat sugar? Am I doing enough? And if your resolutions are there, the, the, the constant nagging voices telling you are not enough, guess what? You might not be happy with the results because our culture will always tell you you are not enough. God tells you you are. That's the whole story about Jesus becoming human or God becoming human in the person of Jesus. Is that God comes to our very beings and says you are enough. Don't worry about the voices that surround you and tell you you are not As we come to our New Year's resolutions, I'm reminded uh, that Thomas Cramner had some great wisdom, which is what the heart loves, the will chooses, 
and the mind justifies. Cramner, who was the author of our uh, book of common prayer, knew that whatever it is that was in our, our, our heart, that it would figure out a way to achieve. Now what Cramer said that had to happen is, is that we had to slowly, over time, to change our habits. We will not do this overnight. I don't suddenly become from being a person who, um, who satisfies their worries and anxieties with carbs and Diet Coke to a person who then suddenly grabs celery sticks. It doesn't happen overnight. And part of that reason is, is that when we find throughout Scripture that God comes to us not in our strongest moments but in our weakest moments. Chad Bird, in a book, shares some simple wisdom, which is, is that sometimes our God is too glorious. We think so much in the big things and rather looking for God in the small, everyday life. There's an Instagram feed called Hub's Life, and it's just this guy who just does ordinary things, taking his dog for a walk, going to a nine-to-five. None of the things that the Enneagram, I mean, the Instagram influencers would say, this is what our life is supposed to be. Life is lived in the everyday, not in the mountaintops or the valleys. Christianity offers every single day, every single moment a New Year's Eve. We don't have to wait one day out of the year in which to say, I'm going to be better and different. Christianity tells us we are loved exactly for who we are, and we don't have to change one thing about us in order for God to, to accept us more. But Christianity also says that the Holy Spirit is with us as we try to do the day-by-day things just a little bit better. Amen.